What's up, everybody? Thank you for listening to the Changing Man podcast. Um, again, I just wanted to say that we are on Apple Podcast now and Spotify, as well as all the other podcasting platforms like Downcast, Stitcher, Breaker, all those big ones. Um, I want to remind you guys now we're putting episodes out every Wednesday. So every Wednesday, we'll have a new episode moving to a uh, weekly schedule now that we've kind of figured it out and kind of figured out what I want to do with it. So please be sure to subscribe and follow on those platforms and look for new episodes every Wednesday. And thanks for listening. Enjoy. Thank you, Mr. President. Now, in a short time, the Senate will take a final vote on the nomination of Judge Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. The road that led us here has been bitter, angry, and partisan, steeped in hypocrisy and hyperbole and resentment and outrage. From start to finish, President Trump's nomination of Brett Kavanaugh to the United States Supreme Court has been one of the saddest moments in the history of the Senate. Good afternoon, good evening, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Changing Man podcast. Uh, I am your host, Embry Davis. Today's episode is brought to you by me, and um, it is October the 11th, 2018. Um, got a lot to talk about today. I wanted to quickly remind everybody, as well as the promo is already done, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Downcast, Breakers, Stitcher, uh, all the big um podcast platforms uh scott if you're listening i just wanted to give you a heads up that's where you can find them um so we got we got a few things to talk about i wanted to go back and talk about the brett kavanaugh thing first and foremost before i just start ranting about other things and talking about the uh the hurricane uh and the the rains that have hit the rest of the the coastline here on the East coast and um, starting to feel it now it's raining as I record this. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll get into it, but I kind of wanted to talk about the reaction. I, if you haven't been paying attention, um, justice or ju- now justice, Brett Kavanaugh um, was, a, had a sexual allegation against him for not rape, but uh, basically groping against someone's will uh, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford. And, uh, there was no corroborating evidence really. Um, the witnesses that came on her effort, uh, had no recollection of the events. Um, and with some subsequent reporting saying that she was even persuaded by the, uh, Democrats supporting, uh, Dr. Ford to alter their story a little bit. Um, you know, a lot of that stuff can be hearsay. I don't want to touch on it because I think some things just come out in, in combativeness, really, uh, a lot of that stuff just, it seems to materialize out of thin air, just like this allegation. And, um, so when people are acting on emotions, they say things or misreport things or exaggerate details. I don't want to do all that. What is presented to us and, uh, what the FBI did find was, There was not even a hint of evidence to take this to trial. And uh, I think the right decision was made. Um, Judge Kavanaugh was 
had his confirmation hearing uh, on Monday. He was voted in by the Senate, forty-eight to fi- or fifty to forty-eight. Two people, uh, one person didn't vote, and one person withdrew their vote. I can't remember who it was. I watched it live, and uh, let me tell you, that was a roller coaster of a uh, <laughs> of a political process. Um, obviously, I am uh, happy with the outcome. I think. The facts prevailed in this case, in this case, you know, again, I need to stress to the point here that, you know, it's not that I don't believe women and I don't, you know, and I want to believe men more or that I do believe women more. It's I believe when the facts that are presented against, you know, that are presented and that's a foundation of America, especially in the in the justice system. When we're talking about going to the courtrooms, I mean, we, we have you know, due process, the presumption of innocent until guilty. You know what I mean? And uh, it seems like some of our friends on the left have forgotten that in recent years. I mean, um, and the right is just as guilty when it came to the Russia collusion, when it came to the the the, the emails being deleted and everything. I mean, you know, the, the public, the social court um, is the judge, jury and executioner on emotion alone. And uh, I'm very, very happy that we were able to uh, see what this was uh, and for the better, I believe. Um, just some of the reactions, a lot, of, a lot of statements were made. A lot of people came out of the woodwork to kind of state their opinion. You know, there was multiple celebrities following it. Alyssa Milano was one. She was actually in the hearings, which I thought was weird. I don't understand what she's doing there. Um I think she was in a TV show called like Witcher or something like that. But I mean, I don't, I don't know what she's doing there. Uh, She did a lot of correspondence for CNN in the time. Um, I think a few times she was on CBS as well. Um, There was, it's definitely um, some passionate mixed reaction. Uh, Not too, you know, the, the, the the moderate opinion of people that are seeing it objectively is, is not going to be portrayed. It's going to show, the people that are, are left and right. Um, uh, you know, you, you got your Lindsey Graham who was very outspoken, which I appreciated. I was glad someone finally, uh, got up there and said, this is ridiculous. I mean, it, we're completely ignoring due process right now. And, um, it couldn't have come at a more convenient timing. I mean, it was, it was shown that, uh, center Feinstein had the, the information of this assault or alleged assault, um, many weeks prior to when it was brought out and, um, it had everything to do with, uh, the midterm elections coming up and, uh, using, using someone's possible sexual assault allegations as, as, uh, political lubricant is just despicable really. And, um, it happens on both sides, but to the level of almost preventing a good person from upholding the, the, the rules of our constitution is obnoxious. Um, you, you know, you have, you have Amy Schumer out there leading protesters, people protesting, uh, out on the, out on the stairs of, of the, the courthouse and, um, walking down the streets of DC, uh, basically saying that, you know, women are, you know, going to be 
I don't I don't really know. I don't really know what their overall message was. I guess it was that people hate women and that we're devaluing women by electing or not electing, but confirming him, which just didn't make any sense when you look back at his track record. And, and I'm not just talking about the good behavior uh, or the, um, you know, or, or, or the sterling record that he had uh, other than the, the, you know, fart jokes in the yearbook and the, the fact that he probably likes to drink beer a little much, but um, you know, we have, we have some reactions from women saying that this is a huge loss for women. Senator Schumer came out and said that this is an absolute stain on the history of the Senate. Uh, which if you ask me, I think there are a lot bigger stains on the history of this Senate than this. I mean, um, if we want to speak strictly nonpartisan here, we can go to when the ACA was attempting to be passed by uh, President Barack Obama um, and both parties could not come to an agreement on the plan. And so the government shut down. Uh, Federal employees were not paid for, I think it was three weeks. Um, and that didn't just apply to senators, congressmen, and people in positions of power. I'm, a- anybody who was on the federal payroll, including myself as a, as a you know, E2, a private in the Army, uh, didn't get paid. We did not get paid. And then when it came time to be paid back, we actually only got half of our check and had to wait until the next check to get the rest. So it affected everybody, and it was um, ridiculous. There, the, the 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 backlash from that was definitely a larger stain, especially I mean, especially now since we're able to see kind of the, the ripple effect of what the ACA has done. Um, yeah, people having more options when it comes to their insurance, especially, and then um, we weren't ever fined before for not having insurance. Uh, the fact that you can be possibly fined, you know, twelve hundred dollars for not being insured uh, on your on your taxes is insane. I mean, uh, if you're a healthy individual of any age, um, you're, you're grown enough to make the decision on whether or not you should want to enroll in healthcare. While I think it's a dumb idea not to be, if you're not in the budget to have it, um, why would you be in the budget to pay a fine on your taxes and then owe the federal government money, which could possibly lead to even bigger ramifications down the road for you. If you were to get audited, um, but then you got dummies on the right, which it makes a lot of sense because it, it came down to this. Um, Steve King, he's a representative from South Carolina, Republican, and uh, he was celebrating the confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh saying that this, you know, is a win for the babies of America and um, basically alluding to the possible reversal of of Roe versus Wade, the, the abortion uh, thing that happened. And uh people don't understand is, and this is why it confuses me about Democrats, um, people on the left is that Brett Kavanaugh, um, me, while he didn't vote for it because he wasn't in the Senate, he was for that decision. He was for the decision of, of, of woman's choice to that. Um, and so, so what do we, <laughs> one of the biggest decisions of our generation, really, we are, you know, uh, of the last, you know, it, decades, century even, we, we are going to just forget about when it comes to his track record because of a made-up allegation? It made no sense to me. Um, Lindsey Graham obviously being another happy person. Diane Feinstein stay, sticking by her words, but definitely looking a little bit 
shakier when it came down to speaking to the press. I think they realized uh, the tactics used in the amount of people that they are losing uh, to, to that type of dirty tactic, especially when it was so blatant. Um, normally the Democrats are able to spin a lot of controversy onto the Republicans because the Republicans suck at talking to people. Democrats are always very good at framing things, framing their words and getting out the message, how they want it to be heard. And, um, there, you know, I think finally there was a big turning point here where, uh, you know, some Republican representatives and senators were, you know, said, we're, you know what, we're done with this. And uh, I think when we want to talk about stains on the Senate, so far, um, all of it is pretty jacked up. We're, you know, you might like the decisions on one side more than the other, but when it comes down to the American values we want to have and, you know, the working together and working towards the future together and being progressive and love, not hate, et cetera, and so forth, uh, we can't. It, there's no longevity in, in one half continuing to think they're right versus the other half thinking they're wrong or vice versa. Uh, and that's just my opinion on that. But I, just to wrap that up, congratulations to uh, Justice Kavanaugh and uh, to Dr. Ford. I hope um, I hope the backlash from the idiots of the world isn't insane. I know you just got a pretty big payout from the GoFundMe page. I think it was to the tune of about $600,000, um, which is insane. <laughs> I just, wow. It, I think the goal was like 150,000 for security subsequently, because there's just so many wackos that want to send death th- threats and, you know, just unsolicited nonsense. And um, so I just, it, you know, I kind of understand it, but at the same time, that amount, is a little suspect to me. I'm, a, I'm wondering where that much money came from. It's uh, it's it, it's wild for for lack of a better term. It's wild, and um, the fact that she is not going to pursue any further charges. I, I think there's two sides to that. It's either I endured enough in this process for it to not warrant it to not find anything. I'm done, or it's you know, the mission failed and <laughs> let's get him next time. Um, <laughs> but uh, congratulations to Justice Kavanaugh. I think um, the Supreme Court will have no problem upholding our Constitution with a man like him in there. Uh, his record speaks for itself. And I think we've made a good choice. And uh, I definitely want to salute the Democrats that actually uh, turned to vote him in because I think that they are the objective people looking, looking at the the facts of this case and not letting um, emotional activists like uh, Booker, Schumer and Feinstein uh, create ulterior motives and other ways of, of delaying our uh, processes here. Um, and we, we need to stop it too. So I, you know, as, as a bunch of Republicans stepped up and said that this was an atrocity and that we needed to change and that this was terrible. I agree, but, um, let's hold true to our word here. Let's not go back into the, the witch hunt tactics. Let's start looking at everything like this objectively. I'm getting real tired of, you know, (laughs) Tucker, Tucker Carlson. Well, I kind of like watching him. He's like famous for this. He kind of, um, 
he gives, you know, he'll have someone on his show who he knows is going to say something ridiculous. And when they say it ridiculously, uh, he kind of gives them that like concerned brow. Like, I can't believe you just said that. Look, um, like, dude, you, you, you knew they were going to say that. Come on now. And you invited them on the show for that purpose. So let's, let's not be hypocrites down the line. Let's, let's use this as a big, big learning experience. Um, let's recognize that we have a good man on the Supreme Court now, and let, let's do better from here. Um, getting into some other news, uh, Hurricane Michael made landfall in Florida this week, uh, coming from the Gulf of Mexico into the panhandle of Florida. Um, third largest hurricane to make landfall, or mo- third most powerful hurricane to make landfall uh, in the U.S. mainland in history, which is crazy. Um, the damage was catastrophic. I mean, some of some of the drone footage you see, just houses completely moved from the the plots of land that they're on, um, and uh, it, it it's it's terrible. Um, so far, only three deaths confirmed. I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but the one of the residents described the damage in Florida as uh, it, quote, "It looked like an atomic bomb went off," according to CBS News. <laughs> Um, so at least three deaths have been confirmed for the hurricane, um, just by cause of the hurricane. Uh, one of which unfortunately was, uh, an 11 year old Georgia girl who was, um, actually hit by a, the leg of a flying carport that was catapulted into her home, uh, via a tornado that uh, was formed because of the hurricane winds, um, which is just devastating. I mean, to even to even be preparing for the hurricane, and I know everybody boards up their house and people, you know, reinforce it and they do what they can to protect their families. And even then, uh, Mother Nature is unrelenting, and that's just how it goes. And um, I can't even imagine now, you know, with the damage being done to the communities in the area, and then having to have that happen on top of that is is uh, just absolutely tragic. So my uh, my feelings, heart, and prayer go out to go out to the family of that girl. Obviously, her, her name is is not listed due to her age, um, and I, I don't believe it's important or relevant to the story. I think it's still very tragic. Um, as the hurricane has made its way up the coastline through the Carolinas, uh, just as today, actually Thursday, um, 687,000 people are without power, uh, in the Carolinas. And like I said, just of today, and I'm sure that number will increase as it hits Richmond. Thankfully I'm out in Williamsburg. So I'm kind of getting the fringe. I'm not exactly in the kill zone. Uh, no pun intended on that. And, um, it, it, I think it's, it's basically, it's a tropical storm now, but as, as we know, the Carolinas just got hit with that big hurricane. And so that was a, um, it, it, it's, you know, more damage being done to an already damaged community and, uh, debates, the debates in Florida subsequently are being delayed because of the damages out there. Uh, which I think is I think is appropriate. Let's let's figure out the damage. Uh, President Donald Trump nowhere to really be seen in the matter because he attended a rally in Pennsylvania. He uh, stated that he was confident that the hurricane damages would be under control. Um, that there was nothing really that more else that could be done. 
And uh, I kind of have to agree with him. I mean, it doesn't matter what he really thinks about the hurricane at that point. Um, it's going to do what it does. And uh, it's only on him to make sure he stands with people during the aftermath. And he plans to visit areas affected this week. Um, so really, that kind of that kind of wraps up the news side for me. I just kind of wanted to to get into a few things. I um, well, I'm obviously sounding a little bit better, or at least I hope I'm sounding a little better. Um, I I was coming down with kind of like a crappy sore throat thing last uh, last show, and it you know I kind of attribute it attributed it to um to quitting smoking. I had uh, quit smoking cigarettes again. Anyway, uh, obviously with the the recent events, you know, I had said that kind of picked it up out of stress, big changes, and uh, so you know, if any anybody out there smokes or used to smoke, uh, especially you know as much as I did, which is almost a pack a day, when you when you get to um, when you get to that when you go to quit, you go to put them away and you kind of do cold Turkey or you switch to a vape or anything. And even when you switch to a vape, it's, it's bad because I use the jewel now. Okay. Uh, all jokes aside, I love it. And, um, you know, but the, the few times I had quit smoking before, you know, I had kind of come down with this little cold, like a little cold, you know, felt a little feverish, a little clammy, um, cough some stuff up, you know, you're just kind of feeling like crap, you're irritable. And that's just kind of what I, I attributed it to, you know, um, apparently that was not the case. Uh, after a nice trip to the river house to visit my family and see them, uh, which was very, very good for me. Good, nice and relaxing, uh, about 36 hours. I didn't stay very long. Um, I came back and woke up for church on Sunday uh, feeling like garbage. And I, and I was able to power through and go to, go to church and do what I had to do. And, uh, it was the homecoming day, made a, made myself a big plate of food and I ate it and I was still feeling a little off, but I ate it. And, um, and then that afternoon I just got hit by a freight train of illness. I, I don't know what the hell happened in the three hour time frame after it from church to that because that was it, it was unrelenting like i immediately had a fever um i it jumped to like 101.3 i immediately started taking some tylenol and then it just wavered around 100 my throat was swelling up and i had swollen lymph nodes and you know as a guy i basically became pathetic and useless uh because that's what we do when we're sick we become pathetic and useless and we sit around and we mope and grope and talk about how sick we are every five minutes. Um, so after two days of trying to fight this thing, I, I said, I finally, I need to go to the doctor. Um, I went to a, a place <laughs> that was, it was not so great. And I don't want to, I don't want to give out the name here. So I'll just, I mean, it rhymes with, uh, with, uh, with med express. And so I went to this place that rhymes with med express and, uh, and, <laughs> it was just first off it's like 7 p.m and at 7 p.m there's like nine other people in this waiting room and and of those nine like one is there because she hurt her hand uh and everybody else there is like getting physicals because i live in kind of a collegey area i guess so i guess they're getting physicals for sports 
So I'm sitting there with a, a fever, you know, shivering and sweating and coughing and hacking my ass off, you know, and they tell me that the wait's only going to be about 35 minutes. So 35 minutes passes. I see like three or four people come out of the back and uh, no one's getting called back. Nothing's going on. I'm like, are, are these nurses taking cigarette breaks in between patients? Like, what is going on? I understand nurses and doctors are on their feet all day and they got a lot going on, but this place is only open till nine. So we're already at closing time. Let's knock this shit out. You know what I mean? Let's get it done. Um, I'm still a little stuffy. <laughs> uh, but, you know, so <laughs> so I'm, I'm sitting there waiting. Time goes by, you know, and I and like normally I am not a person to complain about waiting. But when you're sick, everything is unmanageable. You're just you're just gross. And um, and I'm sitting around like there's one woman in there with her two young daughters and they're about to get physicals too, which I'm guessing for like middle school and high school. And, you know, they sit right next to me and I, and I turn to them. I'm like, Hey, actually I've got a fever. And they're like, Oh, I'm sorry. And then they continue to sit there. And so I get up and move. I'm like, what? Okay. I'll protect you then because you know, clearly no one's concerned at all, including the staff of this establishment. So I get to that hour time. I go up to the desk uh, and I politely, I was, you know, how much longer can I expect to wait? Um, and they told me oh, they could call back three people in the next five minutes, but uh, I'm not really sure. And in my head, I'm like, what type of answer is that? They could call back three people in the next five minutes, but you're not sure. So like, is this just like an at will thing? They just grab who they want to grab. Like what's going on? Um, you just, you know, they draw names out of a hat. Like what the hell? Uh, so, <laughs> okay. So I, I'm, I'm over dramatizing here, but I go back and, uh, it turns out I have strep. I had strep throat, uh, at, at 27 years of age, I, I got a, a, a preteen illness, uh, that was causing me to, to writhe in pain like a baby. And, um, lo and behold, I got some antibiotics and uh, I'm feeling a lot better today, but the, you know, the, the whole thing, it kind of struck me. It was just, and I know this is like not a big sample size. Okay. So please take this with a grain of salt, but you know, I kind of touched on it a tiny bit talking about the ACA, the affordable care act. And, you know, and, and then you even have, um, quite frankly, dumbasses like Alexandra Acasio Cortez, um, talking about the free healthcare unicorn plans that everybody is uh, on board with the Saturday night live joke plans um, where, you know, you just kind of say what you want people to hear, you know, you write these plans in crayon and uh, in, in the first grade, I wish everyone was happy all the time type stuff. And so what is, how would this work? Like if we were, if, if healthcare was totally free and these nurses and doctors are already kind of dragging their feet, in this environment where they're paid, I think they're probably would be more incentivized to do their job better in, in this kind of free market environment. Um, I understand not everybody's going to get sick all at once if there's free healthcare or something, but uh, if things are just being going for free, you know, I'm going to the doctor for everything. So then what's my wait time going to be? And I'm not going to compare it to Canada or anything like that because they're just of significantly lower populations than our country. And I think that's one of the 
dumbest arguments you can have is arguing with, you know, people want to talk quick sidebar people like, you know, with gun rights, they talk about Australia. Australia has a a fraction of our, our, of our population. They talk about healthcare. They talk about Canada. They talk about them. Some of those uh, countries in, in, you know, in Europe and it, it fractions, absolutely small, tiny percentage fractions of our population here. And there's, it's not comparable. So I'm sitting in this urgent care facility that clearly, you know, nine people in the waiting room is busy for them. You know, how, how would this function at all? Because if you have, based on my understanding of how the economy would work in that type of scenario, uh, one, there's already a need for nurses and healthcare people right now. Um, as moving forward, if we were to have a free healthcare type system, um, wouldn't the, the pay for those employees go down as more of them were needed and everything else? So there's less incentive for the job to be done. Well, uh, it, it, you, you would sit there waiting longer. I would have sat there longer. You know, I probably would have been better by the time I, you know, like by the time I even went back, it just, it, it kind of frustrated me. If I well, kind of is an understatement, but you know, it, because it, I used, obviously I still have my, my TRICARE for my service. Um, but I decided to not use my insurance when I went and got my prescription, uh, because I'm, I'm working out some of the benefits for that. And, Every time I go, for some reason, they always have to call TRICARE, and it was already like 9 o'clock, so I decided to pay off the books. $62 for antibiotics, a 10-day cycle of antibiotics. What are we doing here, folks? So now you expect me to believe that if we have socialized medicine, that that cost goes down if everybody's going? Anybody who feels a little bit sick that wants to get those antibiotics, those costs go down? It's still free market. The maker of those antibiotics can make the price whatever they want. And then you have to put more government involvement in the, in the price regulations of those medications. It wouldn't, it doesn't add up. None of it adds up to me. Um, <laughs> it, it frustrating to say the least. Um, but as I've gotten better, thankfully, uh, I was able to refocus my energy into things that actually mattered instead of, uh, hypotheticals about a socialist overtaking and, uh, or communist overtaking, not necessarily socialist. And, uh, <laughs> I was able to kind of worry about, you know, visualizing, uh, your, my goals now. Um, I've had my moment to mourn. I've had my adjustment period. I finally am starting the new job soon. And, uh, just like anybody who is starting a new job, uh, or starting to pursue their goals or on that track to pursue their goals, people much younger than me, I'm 27, I'm the late bloomer here. Um, as you start to realize your goals, you know, we, it's so easy. I've realized for everybody to just kind of vocalize their goals and then never do them because in, in the world we live in, I think a lot more people love the affirmation and the the good job and oh that sounds awesome uh when they tell somebody about their plans versus by when they actually go do them and um living them out is hard and i got really frustrated like la- you know last week or so uh cuz i'm just tired of 
buying a, a, a used car every time I need one. And it's never one I even want. It's always just something to get me from A to B. It's, you know, I never have enough money saved. I never have this. I never have that. And I, and I stopped myself and it realized how entitled it sounded. And despite all my hard work and recovery and, and making my, my conscious contact with, you know, my higher power and um, everything else, it doesn't fix the world for you. It doesn't make you better at money. And it doesn't, it certainly doesn't put your goals and dreams right in front of you. Um, so I've kind of been thinking like three steps. You need to visualize, plan, and then actualize really. Um, and what I did was I visualized what I wanted, how I wanted to save it, etc. It made it sure it was, you know, real based on what I'm actually doing. And instead of making an Excel spreadsheet, instead of doing anything, what I did was I took some paper and I wrote it down, wrote it down in front of me. I organized it and I put it all in writing. I could understand without worrying so much about what it looked like on the computer without making it look fancy for someone else. And I think, you know, for the younger people that may be listening, you know, when you're talking about your future goals and what you might want to be, you know, instead of just thinking it or telling somebody this is what you want to do or immediately sharing it with somebody, write it down on a piece of paper in front of you. Take what you want to be in your head, take a piece of paper, write down what it is on a piece of paper and put your hand over it. And then look up in a way, think about something else for like 30 seconds and then move your hand, look back down on it. And if that's still what you want to be, then start writing the plan on how you're going to make it happen. Realize, like realize that there, there has to be, you know, action is obviously important, but taking that effort to write the plan is what really is going to make it happen. And I'm starting to realize that now, uh, as I come in to almost almost a year of sobriety, really. I'm three months away, just celebrated nine months. Um, I'm starting to realize that it, it just takes so much more. It takes so much more. And in a society where we have people doing much less um, with a lot with a lot more at their disposal, it, it's, it's disheartening. You know, it's disheartening for me to even, I get so mad with people. And I know that there are people like me, they get frustrated as well, you know, I've got friends that work 50 hours, 55 hour weeks, uh, whether it's in IT, whether it's in um, HVAC, whether it's in landscaping, whether it's, uh, you know, being a, a medical student or intern, you know, there's there's work that gets put out there. And when they hear about other people not not putting the same effort into the things they want, yet complaining the way they are, that's what causes a lot of this discourse whether you're liberal or conservative or Democrat or Republican or moderate, no one wants to be working really hard next to the person who isn't yet is complaining the same way. Everyone wants to feel special when they complain, you know? And I'm not saying that's the reason why you should work hard is so you can complain genuinely, but it definitely makes it a little easier to listen to you. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm going to finish this. I'm going to finish this night cup of coffee um, and enjoy the rest of my night with my family here. Um, Thank you for listening to the show. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Downcast, Breaker, Stitcher, all the good ones. Scott, hey, just another reminder for you. um, If you want to listen to those, those um, they're there. And uh, I will see everybody hopefully next Wednesday. I apologize for the delay on the show. I uh, was got a little busy. I had 
bunch of stuff go down with the, with a new job to filling out some hiring paperwork and uh, getting ready to start the training on that, which is which is Monday through Friday, uh, 10 to 6. So I'll be working normal big boy hours again. And uh, that'll be great. I am so bored. <laughs> but uh, thank you again, everybody, for listening. I hope you have a great morning, afternoon, and evening.